Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to the December Movies Podcast. In this episode, we look back at 2010. And join us for the last podcast of 2010. I have a full house tonight, and we're going to talk about the best of 2010. So let me introduce the guys to you. We got Simon, we got Jer, we got Chris, and we got Mark. Good evening, guys. Hello. 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 Ho 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 ho. ho, ho, ho. ho. And we're going to be honest. We're going to be honest up front. This is the I did take, it first last time. Take two. <laughs> Uh, because we've had technical issues, but hopefully uh, we'll get everything that was interesting in this one, and uh, we don't need Highly to do unlikely. it anyway. <laughs> So we're going to kick off anyway with the best of film of 2010, uh, so we're not talking about picture sound or any of the, the other stuff, we're going to cover that a little bit later on. This is just the best film that we've seen this year, and uh, we're going to go to Chris first. Chris, your best film of the year. Expendables! <laughs> I spent <laughs> half an hour discussing this before. It's better. It's better now than it was before. I love it. It's big, dumb, silly-ass, um, gung-ho, macho fun. Bones are broken, heads come off, people die left, right and centre. Stallone doing what Stallone does best. He ropes in a great ensemble of, uh, of you know, sports celebrities, um, action hero, you know, macho guys, and just just racks up the biggest body count you've seen in the last couple of years. Forget plot, it's irrelevant. Forget characters, they don't matter. It's just ballistic fun from start to finish. Um, double act of, of Stallone and Statham, Jason Statham, our own homegrown Jason Statham. Great, great stuff. Um, yeah, I had a great time at the flicks watching this. It was one I couldn't wait for on Blu-ray. Uh, when it came out on Blu-ray, sadly, it wasn't the extended director's cut with the fabled extra 15 minutes of footage. We've still got to wait for that one, but... That should be around the corner at some point. What um, is in the extra 15 minutes? Do you know what? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> oh. I don't know. But oh, I'm hoping it's not. Feelings. I hope it's not along the lines of Rambo 4, though, because Rambo 4 extended director's cut. Was it actually extended? I can't remember now. It's the director's cut. It's altered, and it's even slightly less violent than it was theatrically, which is a bit hard to believe. But um, it added more character. I mean, Expendables, you don't really need any more character to it. You're not really bothered. Uh, when it comes to the most poignant moment being delivered by a guy who's just playing a cameo, which of course was uh, Mickey Rourke, doing working nights when he was doing his days doing Iron Man 2, uh, you know, and he actually added a bit of a poignant backstory to the whole mercenary angle of these guys, the Expendables themselves. Um, but that added a little bit of heart and soul to it. But it isn't a film about that. It's a film about picking up really big guns and blowing the hell out of everything around you. I mean, this has got the awesome, um, I forgot what it's called now, but the, the big shotgun that Terry Crews uses. Oh, my God, the auto shotgun. I mean, that is just cathartic, <laughs> ballistic heaven. You know, uh, you, it's great. You've got a cameo appearance from Arnie. You've got Bruce in there playing a, a very sublimely sinister and malevolent um, employer for the Expendables, uh, who is obviously gearing up for, you know, playing a much expanded role in Expendables 2. So, for me, it, it was did exactly what it said on the tin. Um, people that go in there expecting, you know, good script, you know, fantastic story, um, characters you're gonna care about, and poignancy, and things you're gonna remember afterwards. And you know, it's not about that. It's about killing people quickly, brutally, and with a smile on your face and with a pithy one-liner at the end of it. It's just like all like all good movies were about in the eighties. Exactly. It's cheesy, disposable fun. Uh, but it's also fun that I, I can never get tired of watching it. I've seen plenty of great films this year, but nothing that I enjoyed anywhere near as much as this. And the thing about that is I've hyped it up for myself quite considerably because Stallone, as with Rambo 4 and you know Rocky Balboa, he's very, very um, audience savvy. He goes online, Twitter now, he, he speaks to his fans. 
Um, Stallone has a Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very lopsided. Oh, what Facebook. a Facebook it is. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll put work prints out and he'll show people, this is my film. Do you like what you see? Do you want more of this? Do you want more of that? Do you want less of this? You know, and that, that's great. He, he's, he's doing what he wants, but he's going he's gonna to tailor it for, you know, the people who love, you know, his, kind, his standard of movie, his style of film. Uh, and I admire that. And mm, he's, it's, not, it's, he's not put it's a foot it. wrong for me. It's a dangerous job, though, you know, like uh, pandering to the fans' requests because sometimes it can go horrendously wrong. But yeah, The Expendables, I mean, like, it's got abs- every, absolutely every single person you would want to see in an action movie from the 80s is in there now. Apart Except for from Chuck Norris. And John claude Van Damme. Yeah, well. Well, mm. you know, you need to have him in there with a bit of a mullet, you know, well, you'll just be, for, you'll be in for the a bit next of flavour. He'll be in the next one, money, he? Because really? he, he's ruined the fact he didn't, he didn't sign up for this one. He knocked it back, didn't he? I, Same I, I, as um, I Steven Seagal knocked it back as well because he had creative well, differences with um, the producer. Yeah, but Se- Se- Seagal showed he can do that kind of, kind of movie when he made his appearance in Machete. I mean, like Seagal mm. in Machete is the best Seagal performance I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, ironically, it is. It's absolutely, yeah. hilarious. it's absolutely hilarious, and he fits in so well. So him and the Expendables, yeah, roll on. Actually, what you'll probably see in Expendables too is um, a cameo from Danny Trejo as well. Ah, hopefully with a I mean, I mean, machete, and he was in Predators, wasn't he? Although he was, we don't want to <laughs> he mention was barely, that. he was barely in Predators. Yeah, but it was so awful, though. Predators. Yeah, well, that's we come on to that for the yeah, the worst films of 2010. <laughs> okay, we'll agree on that. Yeah, it's it appeals to a certain demographic, and they will, and that certain demographic will not be disappointed by it. I mean, everyone who's hearing this now who's into that kind of film has already seen The Expendables and is already agreeing with me. So, enough said. But you see, the thing there, Chris, is that, you know, that someone um, with uh, a love for movies like yourself and, and you know, who, whose whole life revolves around movies, I'm surprised we have a choice there. Yeah, uh, it makes you seem some yeah, sort, I like, so, I like sort of well, shallow. Like, yeah, I there's room for every type of film in, in my life. Um, I watch plenty of you know really highbrow and you know in depth sort of, in depth. What am I talking about? You know really critically acclaimed movies with you know um, barnstorming screenplays, fantastic direction, intimacy, poignancy, haunting moment, all that sort of stuff. And The Expendables for me is just great big dollop of fun. Um, I love action movies. I mean, given the choice. Between highbrow and action, I'm gonna leap straight for action every single time. What about difference. what what about between action and pornography? Pornography <laughs> every single time. Absolutely good. good. That was a, that was a trick question. Well answered, heterosexual yeah. man. You know it. You know it. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move on uh, from the Expendables. I'm sure we'll come back to it when we discuss uh, the Blu-ray side of things. But but next, it's Mark. Mark, what was your film of 2010? Well, again, a, a bit like uh, Chris, I, I think there's a, a slight difference between. Don't say what... Shogun Assassin. <laughs> I'm getting on to that. That's that's that will come later. Don't you worry about Thank that. Thank God the Waltons didn't come out with a film. <laughs> <laughs> the Waltons and the evil doll. <laughs> but no, there, there there's a difference between say best film or, or favorite film, and I think it, the film that for me. I found myself enjoying the most was Black Death because Christopher Smith has kind of moved on from the early days of creep and severance and basic horror. And with a triangle, he made something a little bit more cerebral. And so when Chris said to me that uh, Black Death, you know, it, it's not what you expect. I took it with pretty much the a film, pinch of salt. The disease. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I took it. Don't believe the hype. It's actually really good for you. Yeah. It's kind of like a mild flu. I took it with a pinch of salt and I thought I knew exactly what the film was going to be about. I thought it was plain <laughs> simple, uh, a, a swords and sorcery epic. I thought it was going to be, you know, chain mail, a few decapitations, a couple of witches and the, the standard thing. A bit like, you know, the 13th Warrior or something. There might be a slight twist in there, but it, it would ultimately be just kind of good old-fashioned hacking and slashing fun. But it's it's so much more than that. It, it's incredibly clever in the way that it, it takes your expectations and almost plays on what you expect such a film to be. And it, it takes this massive turn about halfway through when you, you've got a group of knights ready to 
uh, attack this village where they think there are going to be, you know, evil pagan witches and the like and devilry. And they're getting ready. They're approaching it, swords drawn. And basically what you expect to happen never appears and everything just moves from being all out blood and gore to just... Careful, Mark. Don't give too much away. Well, yeah, I haven't seen this away, yet, though. It, it if it's Ken Dodd with a strap on, I don't want to know about it right now. <laughs> no, it's not like one of your vids, Jeff. Oh, disappointing. It, it's, no, it moves into a more kind of like a, like the Wicker Man, it, more malevolent, but also far more unsettling by what you don't see than rather than what you do see. And so for that, I think it was very memorable. And it's, it's exactly what I what I think I and a lot of people like about fairly low budget cinema in that it doesn't have to play up too much to um, cashing in or, or going down a, a, a familiar genre route. It can take a few nice little risks with the narrative and still ultimately end up profitable. Excellent. So uh, that's Mark's choice and we're going to go to Simon for Toy Story 3. Oh, you didn't actually even give him a didn't fucking choice. I didn't even get to have a choice. <laughs> you, can, you can tell this is Not even two. a choice. You didn't have a choice first time, no, mate. <laughs> you may have changed your mind in the last half an hour while Philip and myself were rebooting, but no. You <laughs> stick with your original choice. I'm just making sure it's a film from this year, though, isn't it? It is a film from this year, yes. What I'm about like, Moon? Uh... <laughs> right, yes. Uh, my choice <laughs> for this time, time please. Is. <laughs> it's uh, it's a story about toys. The third one, in fact. Oh, I don't want to hear about the dump yard again. I'm getting all teary again. I don't want to hear about the dump yard. Oh, no. no, not the joining hands, mate, in the dump. Oh, don't talk about joining hands in the dump. The communal dump of happiness. It's like a, some sort of a Waco, Texas, David Koresh scene, isn't it? <laughs> You're Tell idiots. us about Andy. What happened to Andy? <laughs> uh, that'd be like two girls, two girls, one buzz. Uh, so, uh, so what's it about? Third, third, third one, third one. Yes, third one. Um, uh, <laughs> move the story on. They move the story on. We know the first one. We know the second one. And that's Toy Story 3. And he's <laughs> it's Toy Story 3. We have one to be able to cook his nest made a podcast. This one, yeah. Uh, if you feel any hair left, you'd be tearing it up by now. <laughs> with it. So. Oh, none of us cared about it anyway. <laughs> it's a kid's film. Uh, but it's not really, is it? Oh, It's supposed to be a kid's sound, film, sound. but it's very, very emotional. It's It's got a lot of emotional weight to it. And those of us who's grown up with these films are are, are quite involved with these characters. And when they go through the, the, the drama that they go through, um, you, you feel for these characters. <laughs> Hang, um, hang on, Simon. I'm going to have to pull you up on that one. You've grown up with these films. Yeah, you're about 16. Oh, what age are you? Like 16, Simon. You liar. <laughs> 95 was the first one. That's what he puts himself down as on Facebook. Yeah, but you were 30 then. <laughs> yeah. hey. I'm a teenage girl and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> well, you fell for that one as well, did you? Yeah. yeah. What a shock we got when Simon turned up. <laughs> I like volleyball and Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Oh, this is going all wrong. Anyway, okay, so that's Simon's choice, Toy Story 3. I'm sure people listening... <laughs> he in. never that's even... Toy Story 3, folks. <laughs> Nothing about it. Not I'm, the I'm first sh- one, or the second one. It was the third one. It, it was the third one, and I'm sure everybody on the forums and everybody listening knows what Toy Story 3 is all about. Uh, so let's move things... Toys. Let's move things on. Uh, JR, what was your film of 2010? Well, my favourite film of 2010, to be quite boring, is going to be Inception. <laughs> oh, oh, I know a lot of people don't like Inception because they thought it was a bit maybe overhyped but having only watched it this afternoon in preparation for said podcast it's a lot better on Blu-ray than it is at the cinema because you pick up a lot more about the story um, incredibly clever I mean like Nolan gave us The Dark Knight last year a story around Batman that took it to a new level very very interesting nice plot with Inception he takes it 
just a step further. He's got three layers of plots going on, dream landscapes. It's a cross between like the Matrix and Total Recall, in my opinion. You got amazing, amazing actors in it. DiCaprio, who I used to hate, uh, and now I've kind of warmed it much like Johnny Depp, along with Ken Watanabe, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and Ellen Page, all do an amazing job of just re- recreating that amazing environment. The special effects are mind blowing, mind blowing. And yeah, Inception. It's got it all for me. Although I thought it would be a bit better, more than <laughs> met my expectations. <laughs> Although you would not believe that. Yeah, like you know, everyone was raving about it. Best film ever. I went to see it and I went, oh yeah, it's a, it's as about as good as I expected it to be. But people hype it up a lot more. But yeah, Inception. It's kind of a no-brainer. There's nothing. There was nothing really else out there this year who could possibly match it. Really, when you think about it logically. <laughs> Never apply logic to films. Yeah, it was. It's a grand spectacle. It's it's very cerebral. It's uh, what you expect from Christopher Nolan. Now, uh, moving on from The Dark Knight, which was a very complex and well thought out, well structured uh, plot. So that this one broke new ground. It had to be something bizarre, crazy, uh, high concept. At the flicks, I was somewhat bored by it. I mean, that, that sounds a bit harsh, actually. But um, again, I the hype got me. And you know the, the ambiguous sort of trailers we'd had halfway through the year, you know, just just the weird Inception, you know, and all that, and the maze that you could see, and then of course the the the, the cityscape folding over the top of your head. You thought, wow, yeah. this is going to be absolutely incredible, and indeed, much of it is. Um, I, I I did I did suffer with this at the flicks. I was kind of I, I wasn't um, confused by the plot as some people seem to have been. I knew what was going on. I knew. Are you calling normal people stupid, Christopher? Uh, they are. They are. <laughs> Superhumans like myself, you know, we, we, we tire so easily of the, uh, the minions around us. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I wasn't confused by the plot at all at the flicks. I, I kind of thought I knew where it was going to be going as well. Oh, that sounds a really arrogant thing, doesn't it? But It does, yeah. You sound like. But. but <laughs> But I did. I did enjoy it. I just thought, mm, yeah, I want. I want. To, I wasn't as emotionally attached to it as I thought it would be. Uh, and like Jay said before, I never used to be a fan of uh, DiCaprio, but he has grown on me in um, you know the last few movies he's done, especially Shutter Island. Again, a film which even in the first scene I knew exactly where it was going to go. It didn't alter the fact that I enjoyed the film, but I was following his performance and I was emotionally, you know attached to, to, to his character and that's what made it work this time around at the flicks watching Inception I I appreciated the, the dilemma he was going through the tragedy of his backstory and where he was going to end up And but I wasn't as hooked as I thought it would be I must now say that I've watched it on Blu-ray and uh, I have reasons to perhaps correct and you know um, reassess my opinions of it because I was really blown away by it Again, not yeah. with the effects, not with the um, the fight scenes, yeah, the the Bondian aspect, which I quite liked first time round. It it was it was DiCaprio, and it was the emotional story, uh, and I was quite devastated this time around. Got got to say, it, it it did get me. So you know, never judge a film on its first viewing. In other words, because you know, you, and especially a film like Inception. I think yeah, you touched on that. Like it's different each time you see it. You've got it lots is. of different levels to it, lots of different layers to it. There's complexity to character, lots of nuances there, and you know you might miss things certain times around. It won't necessarily change the overall impression of the movie, but it, little reflections here and there of characters uh, do subtly change your appreciation of the film. And I certainly found that with Inception. So you know, yeah, that that is one of the top films of the year. I may not have appreciated it first time round, but it certainly I can't, can't deny that it's a powerful uh i've not really thought this year has been a great film for, for cinema to be honest um but you know, this, what, this year's not been a great film for cinema uh, <laughs> this this film has not been a great year for me no more baby shams for you young man really me yeah um it's cold uh yeah it's not been a great year like your brain cinema. i think that was right anyway oh <laughs> What I had no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> Seamless. Maybe I'm dreaming. I shall sink now to the next level. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like Toy Story Four. <laughs> you, oh, Toy Story Four: Revenge of the Dump. Okay, so we're going to move things on. Um, 
I agree with what you were saying there, Chris. It's not been a great year um, for film because I, I, nothing um, has made me go to the cinema this year. Um, dun, dun, dun. So everything that I've seen this year has been on, on disc. And my film of the year, Kick-Ass. Ah, uh, Philip, that is disappointing. It was not that good. I've got to say, I, I was quite impressed with it. And, uh, well, and no, only for... Well, th- and thank you. I, I, I know that makes you sound tremendously you. disturbed. Oh, this is, you know what? I'm just going to stop right here. Okay. I didn't well, like it. Well, you know, th- thank you for telling me what I should think, Jer. <laughs> you stupid yeah. paddy. I know what you're I've, I've read your blog. This is, this is, this is Phil's <laughs> offering. Joe. Let him speak. Yeah. Well, I've just got to say, it's the one film this year, apart from um, what was the one at the, the start of the year, The Hangover, um, which made me laugh like a girl and this one made me laugh like a girl um i just found it really entertaining really funny um it's a british film a lot of people uh, think it's an american film it's not it's a british film even the the lead actor aaron johnson he was british with a, a fantastic american accent um and i just found it really entertaining especially nick nick cage as well i thought um he was really quite quite funny quite entertaining the cage uh, was very good, didn't it? Yeah. Lots of. I'll tell you what, though, Matthew Vaughan is something special. He's got, he's got a knack. He's got a knack for bringing the most out of movies, and that's one thing I'll give the kick ass. Yeah. Although I thought the story is a bit. Oh, sorry, I swore there. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. no coming back from that. But, but I like, course... I like Vince Vaughan. Although, although I thought that um, the story is a bit ho hum. The visual style of kick ass was, yeah, I'll give it that. It was very, very, very stylish. That was enjoyable. It was great fun. It was, yeah. It was so, a, a, so there you a very, go. a very cult and controversial comic book, uh, and they did a, a great movie translation of it. Absolutely, you know, I, I thought I thoroughly enjoyed it. The flicks, um, although bizarrely, I haven't yet picked it up on Blu-ray. Don't know why. Well, it's it's worth the purchase. Pretty good transfer. Excellent soundtrack, and that adds to 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 the fun, basically. Yeah, it does. What's her name? Chloe Moretz, is it? Is that the girl? Yeah. Claudia and, she, and, she, and she's been in the um, the remake of Let the Right One In, so she that that's an, another young talent that's going places. And of Let's course, hope she doesn't end up really like good. Drew Barrymore. And of course, it was also written by uh, Mrs. Jonathan Ross, Jane Goodman. Yeah. Ooh. Is it Goodman or well, Goldman? It's right, Gold, yeah. Goldman. Goldman, she, isn't it? Goldman. She screenplayed, didn't she? It wasn't yeah. written by her. Yeah. She with have... the super red hair. Yeah, I thought I kind of liked that. They kind of fixed him with kiss, kick ass. Kiss ass, I really said. <laughs> <laughs> she also wrote there uh, the movie script of um, Stardust as well. Yeah, that's correct. Another great movie. That, that was a really surprisingly good film. That. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed that. Okay. I so... like Neil Gaiman's work, but I didn't expect it to be translated so well to the cinema. But it did. It worked. Okay, so yeah. that, that's uh, our best films of 2010. We're going to keep things going because time is tight um, for this podcast. So we're going to move on to best archive release, so best classics that have come out in 2010. We're obviously referring to the Blu-ray yes. releases here, and I'm going to kick things off for a change so wow. I can get a word in sideways uh, against Jer and Chris. And what? Uh, my choice for archive, my choice for archive release in 2010 was Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah, top choice there. Talk more about it. <laughs> oh, I'm allowed to talk, am I? Okay. Yeah, talk, you can't just now. say their name and then give up. You've got to That's be quick, part mate. Of the you can't podcast. just say that and then just say, ha sit back. Well, well, I mean, if, if, if you don't say something immediately, Chris will be all over your airspace. Well, I, obviously, uh, Mark was talking about twists in films, and, and I, I guess this is the greatest twist uh, in any film because people just didn't know what was coming. They didn't realise that the lead actress was going to get killed off in the first 30 minutes of the film. Um, she and just on, told everybody? And, uh, <gasps> oh, Spoiler on, alert. Oh, sorry, too late. Come on, it's a 50-year-old... Christmas. <laughs> it's a 50-year-old film, for Christ's sake. I think I can give out some spoilers. <laughs> it's the most famous shower scene ever. Um, it's black and white, mate. No one's going to bother watching that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. for, for black, black, black and white on my plasma. What a waste of time. Yeah, but for a black and white film... Um, the transfer is absolutely sublime. It's it's um, extra black and extra white, <laughs> and a nice shade of grey in between. <laughs> for you contrast lovers out there, Mo- moving along. <laughs> Taking some deep breaths. I won't interrupt again, Philip. I'm sorry. I won't. I won't either. He probably will. I can't speak for uh, him. It's like I'm working in a nursery. You know that. <laughs> It's like, like working a podcast on... with Jedward. Yeah, that's yeah. you and me on the, no- <laughs> in the naughty mat. No, that, that's it, Mark. you got to bang on working with Jedward. That's what it's like. 
But anyway, yeah, disc disc wise, transfer is absolutely fantastic. They've done an excellent job with the original mono and uh, a new five point one mix, which. Um, I've got to say, it works really well with the film, uh, especially the soundtrack, that famous soundtrack that everybody knows. So that's my choice for archive release of 2010. Anyway, so uh, let's move on. Uh, Jer can't shut himself up, so we'll let him do the next bit. Uh, what's your archive release of 2010, Jer? Well, Philip, I'm not too sure what the question of what best archive release means, but I'm going to go for The Good, The Bad and The Weird, which was released in 2008. That is a thousand and thousand and eight by director <laughs> Ji Woon Kim. It's a Korean take on the good, the bad, and the, lo- the ugly. Absolutely amazing. And I said ugly and as if it was one word, yeah. not ugly, ugly. So, so your archive release goes back what? Three years, two years. Yeah, you know, is, is, is that as far as your memory goes? Is that yeah, what the drinks do to you? Movies. I mean, like, you've all this technology, you've got 7.1 speakers. Why the hell would you watch a black and white movie with only one speaker channel? Doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, uh, some, somebody take the drink away from him, please. It's too late. It's already been consumed. The vast quantities of it in my belly. I watched Great Expectations, which was an archival release, and it was very, very enjoyable, but. No, I still don't like the old movies in black and white. I, I, like, I like the bang, I like the pump. The good, the bad, and the ugly for me, 2008. That's as good as you're going to get from me. Get him off the air. It was the good, the bad, the weird, you said. The good, the bad, yeah. the eat, the weird. Oh, yeah. What I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> typical Christmas parties. It's all going to hell after 10 minutes. Anyway, uh, let's stick with Archive and let's go to Chris. Uh, hey! Because he'll be a bit more sensible. Chris, what's I your Archive? I can't give you just one archival title. Come on, be serious. This was, I said not a great year for cinema releases, but a fabulous year for movies finally making the leap to Blu-ray. I mean, look, you had King Kong, 1933. That's 1933, Jack. Can you actually imagine a film from that long ago? There was no electricity in 1933. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a great big ape. I well believe uh, that. That was you know, a film which really... You know, it, it was a milestone for cinema, not just of, of its own genre, the monster movie genre, but it, it broke, you know, trends for everything. It was absolutely, you know, groundbreaking techno- technologically wise. Um, the acting was, gee, well, it wasn't genius, but it certainly, you know, helped propel the movie. And you had um, the icon in King Kong, Statue of Liberty, you know, the biplane attack at the end. The Great Wall on Skull Island. It's, it's got everything. Um, Fay Ray's, you know, immortal scream. It's all there. Finally, it came out on Blu-ray, and it looked... Well, it was never going to look ultra amazing, was it? But if you know the movie, if you know what old films can look like and how they can be restored, you've got to agree, it, it looked fantastic. It even sounded very good as well, for, you know, for its obviously meagre sources. Um, good package of extras, too. Uh, you had the Spider-Pit sequence was lobbed on there. Uh, redone by Peter Jackson, who's perhaps the, uh, an even bigger fan of the movie than me. Uh, well, it's hard to believe, but um, and, and a great, you know, all-round documentary. Great package, beautiful little booklet came with it, and it was great to see it on on disc. But there's plenty more, you know, which came out this year, and I'm just going to quickly run through a couple. Of, oh no, I shouldn't do that because other people are bouncing. I wanted to say that, but I will say, what about the Evil Dead? My God, that was a that was a great great um, uh, release. That one uh, didn't expect the, the print to look as good as it did, and the sound quality on it was superlative as well. This is a film from what ninety, well, it's made between seventy nine and eighty one or something. Uh, it took him a while to make it. It absolutely, you know, shoestring budget, sixteen millimeter. It was grainy as hell. It was all over the show. Looks absolutely beautiful now, and it's even had some digital restoration on it as well. Not so much of the DNR variety, but the removal of a, of a certain ca- production team member who was in the frame has been removed, and you wouldn't really know. Uh, great, great release. Uh, and I'll, I will do one more. I will do one more. Jason the Argonauts. Oh, yeah. Harryhausen. The Harryhausen's you know, shining moment. The best he ever, he ever came up with. Talos, the skeleton fight. Oh, come on. And this was a, this was a transfer. Again, it's never going to look... You know, absolutely scintillating with modern day fare. It just couldn't do that. It's a film from like what fifty years ago or whatever it is, and you know. But you had the curious day for night scenes, which had always been they look wrong, 
they look wrong on every version you know, since the cinematic release. These have been redone under Harryhausen's, uh, well, he's getting on a bit, but I mean, he knows his stuff uh, he, under his He must auspices. be about 98 now. He was alive when they, like, <laughs> when King Kong first came out, yeah, can you believe that? Was he? In 1933? He was, yeah. Hmm. Yes, he saw it. That's blown his in mind. Fact, in, fact, in fact, King Kong was the film that set him on his movie-making path. King Kong set many people on their movie-making path. It's that it you was know that, what, these, these podcasts character. are always an education. An education, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jason Argos, it looks... Uh, fantastic on Blu-ray. Again, you've got to accept the limitations of, of the source material. Uh, I mean, I think Phil's already hit the best one so far, which was, was Psycho. But yeah, then you have The Innocence, which looks superlative on, on Blu-ray. Jack Cardiff, uh, wonderful, wonderful um, cinematography. Great haunting story. Uh, a better release on Blu-ray than it ever had on, it, on, on a DVD. A few more extras were put onto it. Uh, and it just looks and sounds a dream. It, it, black and white, again, but the photography is literally, it's, it's, it's a dream. You can lose yourself in that movie. It is so beautifully composed. Every single frame is like a work of art. Uh, and it, the atmosphere, oodles of it, brilliant, brilliant film. And it's been done justice. Uh, I think BFI brought that out on, uh, on Blu-ray. And it looks and sounds fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't recommend some of these ones enough. Mm-hmm. And just uh, just for clarification, there Ray Harryhausen, born June twenty ninth, nineteen twenty. Ah, there you go. He'll die now. Now we've said that. Oh, oh, what a cheesy, just oh, cheesy thing Christmas to say in a Christmas year. podcast. Merry Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, dead to Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> <laughs> Season's greetings to you, Ray. <laughs> so George, move, move George Lucas will buy out the rights to him as well. I bet you. Uh, yeah. That- Lucas, the Hope you enjoyed the AV forums, Reet. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, R.I.P. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh no, when I feel terrible tomorrow when we read the headlines. <laughs> okay, sticking with that archive, let's go to um, Mark. Mark. <laughs> Thanks for that running there. Good to twice. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, going along the same lines of uh, films that were never likely to look that great considering the source material, but um, little it's, film. What? It's going to be so good assassin, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> Christ. Come on. You literally had like a go with this movie and four podcasts. Give it a rest. You have to get a bit of variety. Jesus. It's Shogun Assassin. And, and, and when we asked you for a quote with the best, you, you come up with it was like, he was my one son. That was it. No, that I'm, I'm afraid that line doesn't actually appear in the film. So. Oh, sorry. Sorry, what was the line? It was, Jeff. Ryan, you have one choice. That is to watch this movie or not watch this movie. And you picked the wrong one, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, you watched it. Exactly. May I speak? Oh, come on, Mark. Come on, come on. Oh, come on, sulky pants. Come on, bloody hell. It's Shogun Assassin. <laughs> It's, hey, oh, it, it, we love it. You didn't see that one coming, did you? No. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It's finally hit Blu-ray. It's the kind of title that I never thought I'd see on this format. It's it's cult. It's kitsch. It's very much uh, got a minor audience out there for it. It's It was never likely to look fantastic, but they've done... Anime I Go and uh, Eureka have done f- a fantastic job with it, piecing it back uh, together because it was made of uh, the two original Japanese films from the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub series. And they've t- got themselves a decent print and just gone back and cut it back piece by piece. And to hear the Moog synthesizer and the, the score in wonderful 80s fashion in lossless sound is an absolute treat. And... And they uh, did it I, all for Mark. Exactly. Yes, they did. Absolutely fantastic. Can't praise it high enough. The blood looks as good as it ever did. It's the <laughs> the definition on, on the Blu-ray is so good that you can see the theatrical makeup. You can see the wigs and um, uh, Retsudo, or, or who became the Shogun, I should say, in, in Shogun Assassin, originally Retsudo Yagyu. Uh, you can see the wonderful meshing that's used to put on his big bushy theatrical eyebrows that's how good the picture is 
God, give <laughs> Absolutely me strength. That's so ridiculous. It's fantastic. It's got so many limbs lopped off, so many decapitations, and so many wonderful lines of completely ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> come on, Mark, give us a dialogue. good quote. Give us a good quote. I'm not gonna, because because oh, frankly, it would be wasted. Because frankly, I actually can't. The throat cutting one. Come on. I'm, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I want the one, but I'm not come going on. to. Come on, no, why not? I, I, why? Because. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic, uh, Chanbara cinema. It's got samurai action. It's got drama. It's got a completely messed up plot that doesn't make a great deal of sense but ultimately it's got enough bloodshed action and a fantastic score to make it damn good fun and the most bushy eyebrows you ever did see yeah that's good as well and and it's got a minor audience you said there mark yeah an audience of minors you'll, you'll be glad that the chillions <laughs> that... were saved then because it's enough that's 39 people to buy the disc apparently it's all the captain going while they were stuck down there endlessly re-watching shogun assassin <laughs> That's the only reason they got out. It was like, oh my God, oh, get away from this TV. Find out this godforsaken hole. I can't I'm watch this TV anymore. Shogun is only my teeth. <laughs> I'd rather kill myself with coal. Or whatever they were digging. Chilies, apparently. They were digging for chilies. Did they go underground? <laughs> okay, and wrapping up the archival uh, best of 2010 is Simon. Simon, what's your choice? Okay, um, much like this is very, story, very story. difficult. <laughs> 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 it's not, it's Toy Story, obviously. It's got a really short memory. <laughs> Two nah. girls, one buzz. <laughs> Two girls, one buzz. What do you see what happens when the pub out the wings? Oh, man, game over. <laughs> I was going to say, um, there, there's three films that I'm gonna I'm gonna have to mention. Toy Story one, two, and three. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh come on, lads, let them speak. We've mentioned it. The um, first one would have to be uh, M, which came out at the beginning of the year, 1933. Um, story about a uh, child murderer, Peter Laurie. Fabulous, fabulous film. Looks and sounds incredible for its age. Um, Special mention again to Metropolis, which came out very, very recently, um, and it's brand new restored version, um, almost a complete version of the film because they found that um, very, very degraded uh, 60 millimeter print that they've reinserted back into the existing footage. Again, considering the age and what they've done to it, incredible. Just, this film there. Just to add to that, there. I mean, when you go from the the refound footage back to the restored original print that we, we've always had, but now in the high def, it. The actual majority of the movie looks truly astonishing, doesn't it, sir? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing from 1920, 20, 21. 27. Um, but my pick um, would have to be Seven Samurai. Oh. Criterion. Good. Which was or is quite possibly the greatest film ever made. Um, I don't think I'll leave it there. <laughs> that was a bit sweeping, no? You can't leave that it there. Is- that is all you need to say. I agree with you 100%. Supply your evidence. Sorry, I wasn't listening. What did you say? Seven, Seven. Samurai. Oh, you've actually seen it now? Oh, oh God. Oh. Four years, man. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Simon, the only one on the Phil, podcast. Phil, talk Phil's about got all these notes seen. written down to slag people off. Four <laughs> years later, here we go. What I got on Simon? Ah, oh, Seven Samurai. Get him on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's getting a bit silly here, so we're going to uh, quickly go through the rest of the list here. Um, let's uh, double them up. Uh, so we're going to play the double team here. Uh, best picture and best disc package <laughs> for 2010. <laughs> I'm not double teaming anyone on this podcast. I'm sorry. This wasn't in my contract. Uh, okay, so let's go to Chris first. Uh, best picture, best disc, best package. Uh, on you go. Oh, God. Uh, best picture. Uh, it's going to be a toss-up between... Alien, I thought Alien looked fantastic. <clears throat> I also thought Prince of Persia looked bloody good as well. Um, and if you want the most authentic, but not the most aesthetically pleasing, but it's faithful, War of the Worlds, best picture. Oh, controversial. That, that, so, best sound, best sound. Again, War of the Worlds, uh, awesome. What else? Uh, Expendables, 
pretty much awesome, 7.1. Alien sounds good for its time as well, uh, the re- re- remix sound. Uh, the Evil Dead sounds tremendous for what it was. That And, you know, you think about adding, you know, surround channels to films that were only ever mono. Uh, would they work? Very often they don't work. Well, this one, this actually added a lot to the atmosphere of the movie. It sounded great to me. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers 2, that was a, a DTS 5.1. Again, embellished from the old stereo. Uh, I think it was stereo, but it had a, a very complex sound design, and they've picked out all the bits. Ben Burt from Star Wars worked on that one, so you can imagine there was a lot of detail in that, a lot of, uh, a lot of thought went into the, uh, the stereo image. That's been expanded now, and it sounds tremendous. So there you go. Yes. Oh, do you want so, best disc package as well? Yeah, best package. <sighs> There's no question it's the Alien box set. No question. Okay, okay. Some excellent choices in there, Chris. Uh, War of the Worlds, got to agree with you on that one. Uh, if you want to see something that's faithful to the original, uh, how it would have been seen uh, in exactly. the director's room as he was signing it off, then uh, that's the one. Although on the forums, a lot of complaints about you know the look of the film, the, ble- the bleached look and so on. That was meant to be there. That's how the film should look. Uh, and the, the Blu-ray just replicates what we saw at the cinema. Yep. Rather, rather marvellously. Yep, and uh, Prince of Persia as well. I actually caught up with that one recently and agree with you as well. Excellent. Right. Uh, Vibrant picture. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, really good. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Mark? Uh, best picture. I'm not a big one for um, CG films and like, but Astro Boy really did kind of knock me back. I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic in, in the way that it it retains something of a filmic quality in the way that the the focus shifts about between foreground and background. And it, it really has great dimensionality and it's lots of subtle shades and the like. And it, it just holds up really well as you'd expect a, you know, a modern CG film to do, but it still very much impressed me. Um, best sound. Well, I'm not allowed to say Shogun Assassin again. So, um, <laughs> but you just have so whatever. All right, then I'll say Shogun Assassin. I, I don't care. I, I really don't care. I love it. Neither do we. We don't care that, a bit. Of one little I was listening to the soundtrack today, okay? And, and I really don't care. I, I love it, okay? Right, but there you go. Moog, Moog synthesizers. Even I picked yeah. up on that. Yeah, some yeah tra- exactly. See? It's an education for you, Jeff. <laughs> it is. Although so, that's, that's a knowledge I choose to disregard. That's beautiful. That. I don't care what you say. Nor do we. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so moving on, uh, let's go to Simon. Simon, what were yours? Am I allowed uh, to best... say best package? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah Not you unless can... you mention my name at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. so you can talk about your package. I was going to say something completely different. Uh, like I think, very originally, the Alien Quadrilogy. Ah, uh, well. Nice safe choice. Nice safe. Isn't it called Anthology, though? Yeah. Is it called boxes? <laughs> Quad- quadrilogy. Is it a quadrilogy or an anthology? What is it's actually the difference? It's the oh, anthology. it's alien anthology, he says, holding the box. It's anthology this time mm-hmm. around, yeah. An- anthology. But what's the difference? Anthology. God knows. Know. Okay, moving on. Simon, your choices. <laughs> um, best picture will be Toy Story 3. <laughs> oh, that scene is a dump with the dump. Which one's that in the series? <laughs> That's the, the third one. Um, no, but it was a fun I think it's uh, Tree I mean... Girls, one Woody. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but I'm bumped. Oh, dear. I mean, you, you kind of expect a CGI film to be, you know, 10 on the scale, um, and this one clearly is. Um, although Inception um, is pretty damn close as well. I mean, that was pretty damn perfect. Um, sound. Um, uh, well, those two again were pretty damn good. Mind you, so is Expendables. That was phenomenal. Phenomenal soundtrack. Um, real chest-thumping bass in that one. Really, really oh, exceptional. Awesome. In it, it's just phenomenal. <clears throat> First and only time the uh, the neighbours come around and say, can you turn that down, please? Uh, shame, because uh, it was really quite brilliant. I can only watch that during the day now, that one. Well, at and least the... your neighbours came around. Mine called the police. <laughs> <laughs> because you were blowing stuff up. <laughs> no, because I was naked in the window at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Brandishing a sawn off shotgun. <laughs> one Chris, one Woody. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I was just getting um, in the mood. Uh, Simon's package. Uh, yeah, well, um, obviously the aliens we mentioned twice before, so I'll take a slightly different route and go with the um, Apocalypse Now, which was oh. phenomenal. 
Um, in fact, you could almost go with best picture with that one and sound because that package was incredible. Really phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Something like a phenomenal. Okay, and uh, I'm not going to take up much time. First one's going to be a bit controversial because the film is uh, pop, uh, but it has to be Avatar. Um, I thought they did an excellent job with it. Well, you weren't going to expect anything less, were you, from the likes of uh, Cameron working with THX and so on. So you knew it was going to be an absolutely stonking disc. A personal favourite of mine, a little guilty pleasure of mine, Moulin Rouge. Oh, what? And now come to Blu-ray, and I thought it was absolutely stunning. I like that film as well, Phil, by yeah, the way. I yeah. do. I, I, I love it because, you know, I'm surprised. Record, I'm surprised. The, only, yes, the only bit I like on Mulan is when the panda goes up the tree when he's pretending to be a horse. That's the only funny bit. The rest is rubbish. Okay. And I thought the Blu-ray disc was excellent. And for my uh, package, I'm going to go with TV. Uh, TV box set, Pacific. Uh, oh, thought, yeah, nice, oh, yeah, nice, yeah, nice, nice, I thought nice. that was absolutely stunning, the way they've got yeah. the, the, the entire look of how film uh, from that period looks, you know, the film stocks from that period, and the soundtrack was absolutely phenomenal, so that's my choice for soundtrack as well. I would give you a high five, Phil, if we weren't on Skype. And I'd give you a good kick in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'd probably enjoy it, you filthy jock. Right, moving on, and uh, to wrap things up, I guess we've got to talk about the worst things of 2010, just to wrap things up quickly. Um, so let's go to Mark first. Mark, the worst things of 2010. It's got to be uh, uh, Shogun Assassin, obviously. <laughs> Ryan, you have no, one uh, Actually, I'd, I'd say it was Moulin Rouge, actually, or whatever. <laughs> or Moulin, rather. Sing-along sound of music you go to in the evening, Phil. <laughs> actually, I've got to say The Killer, Dragon Dynasty. 1080i it's just a uh, pretty much a travesty i ended up picking up picking it up anyway but it's it's just terrible no lossless track it's the the image just looks smooth in places and and they've kind of destroyed the structure of the film grain and it it's no no improvement no discernible improvement over the dvd and it's it's suffers from speed up and it's just poor I've I've just remembered uh, another one for picture. <laughs> seven. I, I was not listening to Mark at all because he's boring. Yeah, seven. Uh, absolutely oh, stunning. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Oh, movie. don't mention seven. I don't want to get into this again. Seriously, <laughs> it's too late in the day. Well, well, it's been out in Blu-ray now for a while, so everybody's had a chance to uh, look at your theory. I haven't. I haven't had a chance to look <laughs> at my own theory. Another one for package would be uh, the World at War. Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's a pretty monster set. Uh, right, Chris, worst of 2010, please. Disc-wise, I'm not too sure, but certainly film-wise, Robin Hood and Iron Man Two, major disappointments. Um, but I'll tell you what, something I was disappointed with the Metropolis box set itself because there was, although the transfer is fantastic, the fact that they've got this footage back in there is great. But this is such an influential movie, a very important film, and there's a woeful lack of extras. You've got a 50-minute documentary there, I know. You've got a great booklet as well in the UK one. Uh, you've got a commentary track as well. But I thought that this was lacking with such a landmark movie. There should have been a damn sight more for this. Uh, a lot of filmmakers were influenced by it, and they, they would have loved, I'm sure, to have had have their say in some kind of retrospective makings of. But no, nothing was there. Okay, Simon? Um, I'm going to have to go with the Lord of the Rings set. Um, not really many extras. No, I just thought it was a, a terrible release for what could have been a uh, a landmark for the for the format. Yep. You know, oh. it was it was wanted by at uh, the time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was that and Star Wars, wasn't it? They were the most anticipated Blu-rays, and we get the theatrical cuts in terrible prints. You know, it's just it was terrible. For me, the most disappointing movie. Not to get into picture and sound because you know you could, you go on for ages with that. Clash of the Titans. I mean, like you had possibly one of the most beloved stories ever committed to celluloid. And then, I don't know, they came along with Sam Warnington and managed to destroy it so easily. I mean, like, you know, Neeson and Fiennes were all right. They kind of provided good support, but Sam Warnington destroyed that film. They switched it up. They overlaid in the CGI. It looks beautiful. It sounds magnificent. Uh, magnificent? Magnificent. <laughs> in fact, that may be a new AV Forum's word I've just made up there, dear <laughs> listeners. But... It really was one of the most disappointing films of this year because it had the scope to become so great, but yet they just choose to ruin it. 
And the worst thing is they haven't finished with it yet because he's going ahead with the next one, isn't he? Oh, they haven't, Chris. Chris, yeah, they are. why don't you write them a letter of discontent and tell them not to? I'm sure they'll take I did, your but opinion I gave it to that board. robot owl and he hasn't gone anywhere with it yet. Stupid robot owl, how Sorry, dare he? Bloody carrier pigeon. Not robotic boobo owl fool thing. Or hotmail. Clash of the Titans, I mean, like, you got CGI now. The giant scorpions, great, great fun, everything else, yeah. But the man that should just destroy it. Such a good story, and they ruined it. And I mean, like, whatever about any other movie this year, but that was a, a, a remake that could have been magnificent. I got it right that time. Yeah. And they just destroyed it. So that, for me, was the most disappointing movie this year. Yeah, got to agree with you. And uh, finally, I'm not going to pick a, a film as such, but I'm going to say for my worst of 2010 has got to be the whole 3D debacle. Um, and when I say that, I mean the Blu-ray side of things. Uh, these exclusive deals that the manufacturers have for uh, for their films, whether it's Sony with Sony Pictures or Panasonic with Avatar, it's, uh, it's killing off 3D before it's even started. So um, for me, it's got to be the exclusive deals uh, for the 3D stuff. And Simon is our resident 3D reviewer. I think so, yeah. Because of these exclusive deals, the the only discs that we can get to review are the ones that are available um, through the retail chains. Um, so it makes very very makes it very difficult to to give uh, to do everything. You know, we want to do everything so that everyone can see these things and make the choice of whether or not they want to buy the thing and they want to leave it for a couple of years or, or whatever. And it, we're hands our hands are tied. You know, we just we don't have the um, we just can't do it. It's, and it's such a shame. You know, it is like you say, it is killing off. But maybe we should though, because then there'd be some more 3D machines going around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, yes, they're going to kill the golden goose before it's uh, had its chance if they keep going with these exclusive deals. And of course, Panasonic just announced the other day that they now have the exclusive on Avatar until 2012. So <sighs> if you want it, you're going to have to pay extortionate prices. Um, so there you go that's my choice for the worst of 2010 and I think that's just about everything to uh, wrap things up uh, I think I speak for all the guys here in wishing all our listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, we'll see you all again in January for the next Movies Podcast uh, it's going to be towards the end of the month because CES gets in the way of everything but if you want to follow our coverage of CES then uh, follow us in the news forum on our Twitter feed or on avforums.tv so all I need to do now is thank the guys so Chris, Mark, Simon and Joe thanks very much guys thank you Phil Merry Cheers, Joe. good morrow and happy Christmas good viewers <laughs> Uh, Lis- listeners, listeners, <laughs> you were right. Audience, good audience. Happy, Happy Crimbo, Christ- folks. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> In stereo, 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 God. stereo. That was outstanding. That. <laughs> So as, uh, as we continue our festive uh, party here and get some more alcohol on board, uh, we wish you all a Merry Christmas. We'll see you next year. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.